So hello and welcome to Compulsive Reader Talks. I'm Magdalena Ball and today's guest, Katerina Kazimirova, is an editor and media manager. She holds a master's degree in philology, Ukrainian language and literature and history of art and a postgraduate degree in literary theory from Vasilstus Donetsk National University. In 2020, she founded the Ukrainian art and literature journal, Craft Magazine, which publishes in-depth interviews with the most talented and creative Ukrainians to showcase the world, to the world, uh, the leading voices in modern free Ukraine. At the time of its founding, Craft Magazine was the only publication of this format that featured an English version of all of the texts. And together with her co-editor, uh, uh, Darinya, Anastasia, Katerina has created the anthology Voices of Freedom, Contemporary Writing from Ukraine, which is here today to talk about and which, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted. Uh, Katerina, welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation. And so, hello, everyone. Yeah, so I, I will ask you through the interview just to read some of maybe some of the poetry, although I have been loving the book and loving some of the stories as well which are all incredibly poetic in their, uh, in their way. And I'll ask you about some of those things too. But um, before I get you to read a poem, uh, can I just ask you, uh, did you, did you decide or start to work on this anthology before the war broke out or uh, was it as a result of the war? What spurred the book on? Thank you. It's mostly uh, after a war started, I arrived here in the United States just two weeks before actually war started. We all Ukrainians, of course, were warned that war is coming and like big war is coming because uh, the war um, is already for nine years in my country, which yes. started in Eastern Ukraine, but this big full scale. Uh, and we all kind of expected that, but of course, human nature doesn't want to believe in this awful things. And uh, it, it was promised in November, it was then December, then in January. And I rescheduled my visit in the United States because the reason why I uh, was going to arrive here is conduct interviews with the people uh, of Ukrainian origin who has some um, diaspora or um, people who just moved recently but still uh, incredibly connected with Ukraine, promote them, Ukraine artists, writers, performers. And I had three weeks of my journey here and scheduled um, several talks with these people but when i arrived and just started working on this project war broke out in my country and uh, i found it impossible to do this um, kind of project but um, switched immediately to the anthology a friend of mine here um uh, agent, literary agent, and she suggested to make a proposal for different editors, big publishing houses, and we started communicating with them. And yes, everyone expressed support and interest, interest in Ukrainian literature and culture in general, but the all big publishing houses has their own plan for year. It's hard to start something new like right away. And it's a urgent project. It's need to be published also right away. And hopefully we have independent small press. Uh, which ready 
to join this project and finally we found uh, our uh, independent press and made possible this anthology with a small independent press but the result is great Mm, absolutely and uh, you know as I'm reading through the book I, I just realize how important it is I think uh, for those of us who maybe are on the outside of of this conflict to see the connection between you know the the initial invasion and what's happened more recently because I think it looks like you know uh, this is a, this is a new thing this has just happened in the past uh, couple of years and you know reading these pieces in the book you can see just how long a period of time this is and the connection between the initial invasion and now and even longer than that you know really where Ukraine has sat in this kind of um, conflict zone for so so many years and how long this sense of displacement and and oppression has been today actually uh, 300 uh, days how this full-scale war started we're kind of celebrating this mark and in ukraine we have seen that it's a uh, 300 years of nine nine years war which lasts for 400 centuries for, mm. for centuries, centuries, yeah. Yes, and but also, you know, how rich the literary tradition is, and and maybe you know some of this beauty uh, that you know I've been immersing myself in um, has been, and I guess this is the whole point of of your your project anyway, um, craft. But you know how much richness there is from a literary point of view um, in Ukrainian culture and Ukrainian literature, um, and how you know maybe locked off some of that has been. Absolutely. Of course, it's not enough to have just one anthology and only 27 uh, writers included. We have much more people who deserve to be included in uh, any kind of book projects, but it's kind of snapshot of uh, yeah this long literary tradition, uh, which is really long overlook in not just America, but everywhere. Mm. It was before just Russia and Russian literature. And now finally people realize that there is other country which is not Russia and not Russian territory. And it has its distinct and really rich literary and cultural tradition. Mm. Absolutely. So can can I get you to just um, read something from the book? I, I a poem of your choice. I'll start, I guess, with the first our poem uh, here in a book and then explain a little bit. Having gained wind from white sailcloths like fish from nets, having taken a shard of unresolved yearning out of the eye of a stranger, Having robbed my beloved from her sleepless sleep, having plucked another day of illusion from the step of the soul, having ignored hardly the baroque arsenal of journalism, having clung with my ear to the wall of the day as if to the wall of a prison cell, having stolen faded flowers from the dictionary's herbarium, having beheaded a sisal in a metaphor meadow and having filed a fern flower phrase to the shape of a full moon, having signed a self-inflicted free verse verdict, I become convinced thrice a day. If you are not a poet's denunciation, what are you then? Poetry. 
this poem was written 1960, uh, sorry, 1971, and it's Ihar uh, he is a representative of um, generation of 60, it's a dissident generation, and um, he has 17 poetry collection, and eight of them uh, were written um, in a prison and in exile. So he, in Soviet time, he was imprisoned just because he was a poet or Ukrainian poet, or we can just say just because he was Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, he is one of the last remaining representative uh, of 60s in Ukraine. And we started this collection with his uh, poem to show that uh, it's already like 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, it actually was written before his imprisonment. Um, and uh, how Soviet reg- regime may then try to stopped uh, Ukrainian literature and culture exist. Mm. Yes, that's a, a really, again, that's the first thing that struck me was just um, those connections and how long uh, this tradition has been going on and also how, I guess, how um, how many of the themes um, work across time, you know, how what's happening today uh, is not unconnected with what happened you know, years ago. And so that's a, a great poem to start with and, and really, um, you know, quite powerful. As are, as, yeah, so far, everything I've read has been incredibly powerful. Thank you. How, how did you choose the, like, the 27 voices? You know, I, I noticed, for example, there are some modern ones and there's some old ones. How did you pick which 27 to include? Uh, first of all, it's a different generation. So all our, not even just generation, it's not um, quite de- generation if we're talking about 10 years, for example, mm-hmm. 10 years period, but uh, each of a 10 years period has its own bright figures and which created something new. It was important by creating some new style or new topics and yeah, so at first, it, uh, who lives now in Ukraine, uh, who remains in Ukraine, and who really a, a big and a prominent figure and the time, their own time. And they are uh, almost all of them are guests of our craft magazine journal. So uh, it's our. <laughs> uh, uh, writers and poets uh, we featured interviews with them and of course like this um, you know uh, uh, awards uh, who can be interested for interesting for um, international reader and not just uh, in Ukraine but abroad who has uh, some um, English translation already because not we published not just our poetry, short stories and essays, but also short bios of each author. And we try to collect and include all uh, already uh, existed translations in, in English for this book buyers, for this book readers, if someone want to know more about these people in particular and more in Ukrainian literature in general, they could buy and read other books. Mm. So um, these translations were they all already in existence, or did you have yes. to organize them? Are they all existed? Oh, okay, so that, yeah. 
Yeah, wonderful. Um, it, it really, you really give kind of almost equal time in many cases to those translations as well. The translators all have bios. And, uh, you know, um, some of the pieces to me when I was reading them in English, um, they were so evocative. I almost felt um, as if the translation itself was probably, and it's hard for me to compare because I don't read Ukrainian, mm -hmm. but as if it was its own piece of art as well, that, you know, to engage with a work at that level um, would require a certain level of poetic capability. And I'll give you an example of, of one that really jumped out at me, uh, Oksana um, Zabushko. Yeah, right. And, mm -hmm. And maybe this one jumped out at me simply because I happen to know the translator for that one. I know, I know Nina Murray. Really? Yeah, she has, she has, she's, um, she's written some reviews for my uh, for compulsive reader, but uh, it, the, uh, just the words in that one um, really hit me as being particularly poetic. I know it's a short story, but that last, that last paragraph, which I, I feel like I have to read, you know, that I can picture her driving through the roll down window. She could smell the smoke of burnt out fires, the steam of field canteens at checkpoints, exhaust, and the breath of spring step coming to life, the smell of home. You know, to me, that that in itself is almost a poem, and the contrast of you know the um, the negative and the positive kind of meeting at this in this space of of you know home, but also loss of home. You know, it, it just really there was so much packed into that. Yes, absolutely, I agree. And it's about Donetsk. It's also resonated especially with me. This uh, essay is because a story of woman who is driving her own car, and that's mm -hmm. why she is not deported. That's why she is not uh, displaced. She is driving her own own car. She is capable of making decision, and it's her decision to leave or to come back. This is really powerful thought of this piece. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels like there's that tension of should I stay or should I go that kind of almost suffuses a lot of the pieces throughout the work. Um, so I, I guess you were constrained by what was already available in translation. But did you were you looking for subjects or were you trying to get a variety? I mean, I, there's a variety of styles, for example. Yeah, sorry, I just, yeah, maybe not. This, this works in this book, it's new translations. Okay, it's yeah. all like yeah, it's all pieces which mm, translated just for this project. A couple oh. of them, yes, couple a couple. For example, Sergei Zhadan was already translated uh, this summer as well in parallel for his own book, and their translator um, also contributed some of uh, his poems for our project, but. All of them kind of, uh, yeah, was all of them just in Ukrainian uh, written. It's all in, in a pragmatical reason, because when we were talking with big publishing houses, they can publish only original pieces and all rights on translation uh, should remain with uh, these publishing houses. Uh, small uh, small publishers, more flexible, they can grant uh, rights, uh, live with translators and authors, um, but not not big one. So when we started working, we need we needed to find pieces which we like, <laughs> and uh, as editors and not have any translations and free rights for translation and for and for publishing. Oh, so it must so have been a massive effort. I just like a reader. Sorry, sorry. 
Yeah, it must have been such a massive effort then. You know, how, how long did it take you to get this from, from conception to, to being out, given that you were working yeah, with this so, kind of time uh, constraint? Translation started in late May. So March, Mar March, May just was communicating with writers. It was also a super uh, complicated time to get something out from writers because uh, after February, someone just stopped uh, uh, writing, stopped even thinking about publishing. And we literally beg, beg some, like, please, can we just uh, publish this work? You don't need to do anything just to allow us to do this. Uh, someone in opposite couldn't stop but uh, writing new pieces, couldn't stop but writing new poetry. And it, in that case, it would uh, it um, was easier to get something from them. So yeah, first three months, it was just communication and picking what kind of poet or poetry, what kind of short stories more suitable for this whole idea. But to be honest, I guess all our literature, all our poetry, short stories, and even big novels about freedom and fighting, fighting the ways and fighting for that. And we never kind of, we never forgot that freedom is something um, which should, should have been paid for. Uh, it's not something you like granted for free. You were born and you're free and that's it, all. We kind of forced to remain themselves that every 10, every, yeah, every kind of 10 years we have new fight for this most important value. So kind of all uh, our pieces, all our works, which one way or another about freedom. Mm. Yes, you didn't have to look for themes. They were they were yes. united in many ways. Um, and yet there is a nice, I mean, firstly, you know, it feels very much to me like a very collaborative sort of effort, um, which may be a metaphor for, you know, where the world is now and what we need to, to work forward collaboratively, to have multiple voices, to have, you know, people working uh, as communities rather than, you know, individuals. Um, and so to, to my mind, this is just exactly the perfect kind of project um, uh, but also you know I I wonder whether um, the whole notion of art and, and, and I'm asking the question and then I'd love you to read another piece but um, is it in itself why is why do you feel that art and and poetry and writing and essay you know why is this in itself a kind of rebellious and important act why does it matter uh, culture, art, literature, it's something which formed our nation. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's in general, we can, we, can, um, we can tell it about every culture in the world. But in Ukraine, it's even more important. We have, for example, we don't have presidents on our money as uh, national leaders. In our money, poets and intellectual thinkers uh, and Poets, writers, the main moral authority in our society, mm, the first mm. activist who lead others and kind of showing the way how it should be. And uh, in the time of physical elimination of Ukrainians, at the time of war, uh, which is happening all the time, uh, our culture, art, literature, uh, something which keeping us alive and still keeping our nation as a whole 
And now it's just, it's kind of, um, we all challenge, it's our last fight. It's And that's why it's so important in all levels and even cultural level. It's so important to have all uh, possible uh, platforms to speak out about Ukraine, about our values. And not just on a battlefield, it's everywhere. Mm, wonderful. All right. Can I get you to read something else, please? Absolutely. Yes. Talking about war. Is there hot war in a top? Is there cold war in a top? How it how it is that absolutely no war? It was promised for after lunch. We saw the announcement with our own eyes. War will arrive at 1400 hours. And it's already three hours without war, six hours without war. What if there is no war by the time nights falls? We can do laundry without war, can make dinner, can drink tea plain without war. And it's already eight days without war. We smell bad. Our, our wives don't want to lay, lay in a bed with us. The children have forgotten to smile and complain. Why did we always think we'd never run out of war? Let's start, yes, let's start visiting neighbors to borrow war on the other side of our green park. Start fearing to split war in a road. Start considering life without war a temporary hardship. Is in these parts it's considered unnatural if war doesn't course through the pipes into every house, into every throat. And this poem was written 2016. Mm-hmm. So it's already it's already <laughs> um, six. Yes, my gosh, six you know, six years after this, and and it completely mirrors what you were saying about um, a kind of almost waiting and anticipating for you know the the promised. It's probably the wrong word, but you know the the threatened invasion. And it's especially now resonates with the time, for example, in Kiev and my mom now, they have uh, already for two days without any electricity, any mobile connection and any water and all they have is war. Mm. Yeah. And yet, you know, I, I also noticed that there are so many other, I mean, you know, war permeates the book, of course it does and exile and longing and, you know, and, and all of those um, big uh, grand topics uh, is present everywhere and in everything. And yet they're also so much like um, small scale tendernesses as well, looking after the garden, uh, you know, friendship, p- parenting, um, a mother, a, a daughter. Um, and, you know, there's all sorts of uh, moments of, you know, that, that in their own way, e- even though they're domestic and not necessarily about, you know, war um they feel subversive it feels like to to live life in this way and to continue to to you know tend the garden and and smell the flowers and 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 walk along the road or drive along the road and 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 cook and you know all those things that matter so much on on a day-to-day life it also feels like part of the effort Absolutely, yes, because life still goes on even in these circumstances and people um, try to live their life fully as they can. Mm. Yeah. 
So, um, I, you know, the anthology is is wonderful, and I will get you to talk about how people can get hold of it, and I will include information about the anthology in the show notes. Um, but also tell me just a little bit about craft and how that came about and, you know, what you were hoping to do with it and what you what what's on the cards for the future once you're, you know, once you're a little bit out of the anthology um, uh, realm. Yeah, anthology is kind of one of the projects. Uh, so uh, originally, I am philologist, and my philological soul, uh, and always had this um, interest in literature. And when I forced, I was forced to leave my city when war started uh, eight years ago, or nine years ago, and um, I had to start my life over again absolutely and uh, start doing something new i joined technology technology and marketing sphere digital and several years work in this sphere and then but always what you really wanted to do with the years with the time with um, tries to get you back so uh do yeah it was almost three already years ago when pandemic the time of pandemic was mm -hmm. when everything slowed down and uh, we all had time to think more about what we really want and it was a, for me a clear uh, idea that i have everything to launch project i always dreamed about I had my partner, she worked in media relations. I had this all digital background and the same time education in a literary sphere. And we kind of realized we live in the same time with people we respect so much, we proud of so much. And we just want to tell the whole, the rest of the world, like, look, there is Ukrainian, uh, there are Ukrainians and beautiful culture, our, we really, have a lot of to be proud of but what we need to do we need to do it in an interesting and uh, stylish aesthetics form uh the journal like a online but still like a little bit gloss journal and uh it should be really interesting deep talks and that's why we decided not it was not just our uh, author's project but we decided to invite and professional journalists and other writers to conduct interview. We established this format in our media when writer um, conducts interview with other writer, uh, artists with other artists, mu musical critics with uh, musicians and th th all this stuff. So professional conversations on a, in a deep level and with um, also aesthetics as form. And of course, with English version, because how you can uh, tell about the world if it's you use only you, your own language or maybe like Russian, you know, like a second language of all our media used to be, not now. So yeah, we launched this uh, project and we decided to stop only on one genre, only on interview, what we can do because we uh, all of us has our own different uh, job and it was it started like a, like a side project but mm -hmm. then with time it became of course the main one and uh, the idea was our next step in this project is to create 
a digital map of all whole Ukraine and with um, personalities uh, from different cities, different places, and show all connection between people, our creative people, because someone has the same literary school, a literary tradition of family, or all this intersection of culture. And next step uh, was supposed to be like the map of whole world where uh, our creative Ukrainians live, because it's not doesn't matter where what kind of uh, territory you are right now, if you're still involved, if you have Ukrainian identity, if you have uh, this uh, proud of who you are and uh, your family uh, or something like that, your origins, we could kind of connect all these people on this map. It's like visual uh, tool to uh, show that Ukrainians everywhere and in the world and they are really connected with themselves. But I don't know now if we need to, to do it now because now in Ukraine uh, so much united inside of the country and everyone now knows about Ukraine. We doesn't have to um, connect in some kind of digital tool this, but we'll see. Maybe it will be next step after book launch and mm. oh it seems to me with all my ignorance to be um just as important as ever to you know to be able to tap into this incredible web and uh and you know to my mind i mean it's it's wonderful as an english speaker to be able to access this work but i feel like it would be lovely to be able to also access some of the original, um, you know, or, or writing in Ukrainian as well. I even not understanding it. I love to hear the rhythms of a mother tongue, and um, it, you know, it, it would be lovely just to hear one of the poems, you know, read in its original Ukrainian. I won't ask you to do it unless you happen to. No, and you just anticipated me because for book launch we, we're doing this. We're recording uh, our authors now in Ukraine. We're doing mm. this whole video, whole short movie when Ukrainian writers reading their poetry in uh, Ukrainian and then voice over uh, English uh, translation also after that. Oh, wonderful. I, it's, it's something so beautiful about listening, even if you don't understand. In some ways, not understanding um, a poem in particular means that you can really lock in on the rhythm and the sound and other forms of meaning that aren't semantic. As a philologist, I guess you would, you know, you would understand those non-semantic ways of communicating that poetry always has. And yet, you know, I think if it's in your own language, you kind of go to semantics first, and then you you hear and feel the other things or notice the other things that happen. Um, and it's nice to be able to first focus on those things before you think about what is it actually saying. You can feel what it's saying in other ways. Absolutely, yes, I agree with you. Actually, my, my first uh, experience of uh, such a poet reading was in synagogue in Chernivtsi. It was poet reading of a uh, Jewish uh, poet and her translations into Ukrainian. And first she was reading and then her translator was reading. And uh, to be honest, I like more uh, even original. Uh, it was sound like a song, like something mm, absolutely. Exactly. Uh, nice to my ears and of course I couldn't understand nothing but I felt all this this 
powerful power of these words. Yes, especially sure. if you're hearing that person read with all of the inflections, and you know, it's it's a shivery sort of sensation, isn't it? It's uh, so exquisite. I feel like I seek out <laughs> poems in, yes. in their native tongues. Um, all right. Can I get you to read one more just to take us out? Okay. I, I'll, I'll read my favorite one from here. Called The Third World Silence. Henceforth, snow will no longer be white. Henceforth, it won't even be snow. Only a dream in which quivering silence stays afloat on the water. Henceforth, water will no longer flow, but will simply flee from westland to westland. And no one knows whom to flee, perhaps from water. The terrain is awash, uh, awash and in a silence, thick to the eye, bitter to finger, cold in the veins. It seeps into pores, force cracks open, bites into shores given the slightest of chance it's already inside you oh how resounding this silence it was the first world silence so oppressive that in the end god couldn't stand it he added clay and needed the earth but silence struggled through the earth grows stronger bubbled up and burst this sound was born and from that sound came beasts and birds and beasts and more beasts and people. And they were happy with the silence, covered it, clapped their hands, shouting so loudly that the earth winced. And God listened to them, listened, and couldn't get enough. Mm. It's Ivan Adrusyak. Yes, wonderful. So beautiful. Um, that is... Just about all we have time for, but uh, listeners, you've been listening to Katerina Kazimirova reading from and talking about the new anthology, Voices of Freedom, Contemporary Writing from Ukraine, an absolutely important book. Uh, I will, again, link purchasing links in the show notes. But uh, Katerina, how do people get hold of it? I'll, I'll just let you say it as well as linking. What's the Thank best you. way? So so uh, it's available from all major retailers and on a website of AIDS uh, and Atlas Publishing and Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and soon will be available for most of the local stores as well. So it will be wild, wide distribution. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. And, uh, Thank you Katarina. so much. Thank you. Thank you for Bye for now. Your